The act of having bodies of color on stage, no matter what happens, is always going to be political. Always. For fuck's sake, a theater podcast, a.k.a. 4FS Podcast, hosted by Aaron Salazar. Episode 2, Mask for Mask. All right, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of For Fuck's Sake, a theater podcast, a.k.a. 4FS Podcast. If you're not following us, please do on social media. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Apple, Google, everything. Uh, So I'm so thrilled to have you guys back here for our second episode, and we are lucky enough to have still with us for the entire month of July the brilliant and talented actor Jason VC. Now, if you haven't caught up on our last conversation, make sure that you go on back to episode one in your favorite listening platform and uh, check out a little bit more information on Jason and this legend's background. But you know what? Here's a little bit of information. So he was in a little show called Lion King on the Broadway could be worse and the national tour yes. taking it taking it to what do they call it what do the carol chinese to say you have to tour the provinces <laughs> touring the provinces showing the children about the lion king uh he was most recently in the critically acclaimed pulitzer prize winning production of michael r jackson's a strange loop at playwrights horizons i took my breath away saying that and um he's about to show up in uh sarah i can never pronounce your last name Bore- borealis no i always sarah say Bore- see Bo- sarah borealis that's i always I think say borealis Bo- I, I think a war borealis that's what i do too and i'm like a war borealis which she, which she that that's a good thing because that's what she makes me feel but he, he's about to show up in little voice uh sarah's latest um We'll talk about that eventually. And then um, he's also showing up in Netflix's next series, Dash and Lily. So keep your eyes open. And also, this this is blowing up all over. You're doing you're doing all the like guest appearances right now. In yeah. demand. In demand. So that's just a little taste of Jason VC's brilliant and impressive bio. Be sure to check out episode number one if it's your first time joining us. That's what we get to do here. We get the gift of having our guest co-hosts for an entire month of episodes so we can unpack some real shit. In the meantime, Jason, you have some really exciting news. You have just recently become an uncle. Let's break it down. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. She's the best. Okay, so my brother Scott had a baby. Her name is Giza Selena Marie VC. Um, uh, she's my little, little crab. She's my little cancer girl. Uh, first grandchild in the family and uh, the first girl. So that is super exciting for my tribe. And we love her and she's the best so far. Um, you know, she's still got time to become an asshole. Hey. Um, uh, uh, but it's been great. Yeah, see, in my family, it was all little ladies, and then the boys came later, and then I finally didn't get a brother till I already was 21 years old in the city. So I had already moved. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so it's crazy, because, like, my little brother, I, like, I didn't get to grow up with him, but um, his name is Noah, and he's he's dope. He has much cooler hair than me. How many, um, wait, how many siblings do you have? Four siblings, three sisters, and a brother. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I'm the oldest, and then there's Sophia, Stephanie, uh, Annabelle and then Noah and I'm Noah. I'm 21 years older than Noah. So I'm definitely like the older brother. Did we, t- wait, did we talk about us both being the oldest as well? No, this yeah. is why, this is why <laughs> queen, this is why I've lucked out. Like I'm totally spoiled. It's never going to be the same. Um, that's not, I mean, no, I'm not saying, I mean, no, I, who knows? Um, all right. So let's, let's dive into it because I don't know about you, but it has been a shit show. Yeah. Um, I mean, on top yeah. of the show that we've already been talking about, but let's break into some good news. Uh, well, okay. Good news. So um, yesterday on Monday, there was a rare shutdown of an operating pipeline that marks a major win for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and environmental groups that have fought fiercely for years against the oil pipeline. That's directly from CNN. Mm-hmm. The thing about this that I'm most excited about is, one, that for all the environmentalists, obviously, but for the indigenous people 
who were not having it. I'm really happy that this shit came through. Now, bear in mind, though, this has to come down like the first week of August, August 5th, I think. And then the reason that the pipeline people, we'll just call them that, are pissed is because it's going to take 13 months for them to get the proper report. So the thing about this that I'm excited about is it marks a setback for 45, that whole agenda. Another reason why I, I brought this up is because this is something that might get pushed through that is going to actually be linked directly to the election coming up in November, as if I had to say that to anybody. It's just another brick in the wall, as far as I'm concerned. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, my first thought was going to be a, uh, a, a question, only um, one for myself and two for maybe people who are like me who try their best to be as politically minded and educated as possible, because politics actually scare me and bore me at the same time why do you, do you how how big of a brick do you think this will be um in for for uh towards him in the upcoming election i mean i i don't even know if i'm the most qualified person to answer that one right i'm just me but two i'm mm-hmm. totally biased right but mm-hmm. i do think that what in terms of hopefully the Democrats, let's focus on that, who are going to vote, even though the voter suppression right now is a hot fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the Democrats who are going to vote, um, I think it was going on for so long that we forgot about it, that the Sioux tribe yeah. was, was losing their fucking minds as well they should be. And also that all environmental agencies were like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the ramifications of this just for, in terms of the health of the environment and the people Mm -hmm. surrounding the lake is, Mm -hmm. is it's absurd. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For anyone Mm -hmm. to get some context, maybe you've been following this. Remember with the shit that went down in Aaron Brockovich, the poison water. Yeah. Imagine that shit times a gazillion yeah to have crude oil piping underneath a water source just you know i know it sounds like that's something that always happens but it there was basically they were given carte blanche by this administration to be like yeah i don't give a fuck about reports or how this is going to be safe or sealed or dot 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 and as merely a power play it was pushed through right in 2017 and um so it's been a fight from, since 2017. So for this to happen right now, 2020, so close to the election, which we're close, is, I don't know if the word is encouraging, but I'm going mm-hmm. to run with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What it does bring up for me is it brings up blind spots. And it's a reminder for me uh, that, how do I put this? When it, when it, when it, when it comes to, um, uh, people of color in the in the in the in the country let's just be honest there's a hierarchy and mm-hmm. black folks are black folks are the number one at the top of the food chain right so so this was just a reminder to me that like um how 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 much more i need to um advocate for my indigenous brothers and sisters or or theysters um <laughs> if you will um because I've, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be black, but what being black and how being black in this country, if that eclipses being indigenous in this country, which it does when it comes to social issues. And, and, I, and I've been thinking about indigenous people a lot because in my, in my opinion, when you, the, when, they're the only other, go for it. No, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. When you say eclipses, you mean eclipses in terms of coverage and peop and and when you mean eclipses, you mean in terms of oh, let's let's put it more. Let's frame it this way. Mm-hmm. In terms of where people's conscious thoughts yeah. are immediately, mm-hmm. their immediately conscious are. thoughts are more immediately towards, or maybe not more immediately towards mm-hmm. either the acknowledging of the definitive racism against uh, black people in America and mm-hmm. that it eclipses it because people completely forget about the indigenous altogether. Yeah, well, be, I mean, because, I mean, when it comes to issues of race and things like that, most people, when, when in their mind, 
they think of someone black because of this because of us being symbols of a certain type of uh, of a certain type of oppression in this country and being uh, you know one of the cornerstones of white of negative effects of white supremacy um but i think that the indigenous people and black people have something in common which is being stolen either being either their land being stolen and their home being stolen or being stolen from their land or their home so i think about that a lot and i think about what i don't do and 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 how often i don't think about what they have what they still are going through and what they're still fighting for so yes this is this is a victory for for the environment but it's to me it's also a big victory for indigenous peoples particularly in that area one million percent Um, and i think that that's the thing that is you know that's really heartening is that what i find to be really incredible about black lives matter is Mm -hmm. what a lot of people actually let's not just say white people a lot of people who will not acknowledge this movement is that Mm -hmm. it is actually amplifying all all BIPOC people who have been dealing with oppression and dare I say, it's just amplifying the oppression of white supremacy. And, and I, and I can't help but think that some of this energy that's been happening in all 50 States with everyone acknowledging and protesting was part of something that helped this bubble up to at least this first part of this decision. Yeah. Does that connect at all? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely it definitely connects. It's um, I don't I don't know who the quote is, but it's been going around a lot for years. But like with what I just said, I do think that there is validity in the statement that when black people on the planet are free, everyone else will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been proven in terms of the trickle down effect in terms of other groups being inspired to see things that have happened with the change in what African-American community has. It does not mean that other groups have not caused change or inspired change. But, you know, in terms of results or statistics, uh, Black people have been the figurehead for that. And I think because of that and because of being Black, it's very easy for me to have blind spots in terms of checking in politically, individually, and emotionally with other groups that are also going through the same thing yes um so all all that to say the article that you sent me although it was a positive and i was kind of like yes this is great it just highlighted the more attention that i could also be paying as a human being to other people besides people that just look like myself that's a pretty incredible statement that you're making right there and i think that that rings true for everyone right now i mean listen my background mm-hmm. is my i guess my transition into that transition into that is my mom sent me a picture of my great great grandmother who is straight up pueblo indians mm-hmm. and it was just so interesting that that's my immediate ancestry right not even like mm-hmm. oh seven thousand you know not even right. my grandfather's mom mm-hmm. because of the way that our dna laid out and being of different varieties of brown in our family and mm-hmm. us not being part of reservation life even people who are Native American a descent in this country, we even mm-hmm. forget because we, yeah. we're not on reservations. So, and I was having this conversation yesterday with my cousin online, and we were talking about how much we're unlearning right now yeah. and how we wish these things were more addressed in school when we were growing up. Yeah. But like, <laughs> as like Latin American, no, right. I mean, without question, but like, as like Mexican American, Native American, Latinos, yeah. like, talking about our culture, and how like right now is we're unlearning so many things right relearning things and actually feeling a deep deep tether to our roots and these brave ass fucking great grandparents of ours who were not fucking playing games well i mean i mean but, but, but this is this is the thing this is the thing that i wanted to say about about um indigenous peoples of america the thing about it is, is that when i think about indigenous people of america all I know is them standing up for themselves and screaming at the top of their lungs. Yes. It's not like they've been, they have been, they have tried to, they have been silenced or tried to be silenced, but it's not like this is a meek people that we're talking about no. that has just been sitting by. They've been doing the work. I mean, when you talk about what we've been taught, uh, sometimes, sometimes I 
almost want to high five white folks because however they managed to do that, they did that. They they it really is did. They, they, astounding, they did right? It. It's crazy. I don't know. It was a bull. It was a, a oof. It's it's it, it, you know, but even even now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you being indigenous and me and Mexican, correct? Yeah. To me, that is so. You're full indigenous, essentially. You're you're full indigenous. I mean, in the sense that, like, everything was Mexico, where my family's right. from. And I guess ultimately, yeah, that is an indigenous thing. And what's been so interesting is that even to be this generation of it, which we're only third generation in, to see how quickly it's been erased from our minds on a certain front, which was by design what our great grandparents. They weren't trying to rip us away of our culture, but they were trying to protect us to make sure that people wouldn't treat us like second-class citizens because they had the foresight to see what they ran from from oppression and then also to know that they were in a racist-ass white country. So it was... Right. I Anyway, that's something we can unpack on another episode um, only because mm -hmm. we have so much to talk about. But I'm definitely... It's something I'm talking about with my cousins and my sisters a lot now because we're... It's... um. It's it's very intense to realize yeah. how assimilation has happened, which seems to be a theme that comes up a lot these days. Yeah, the, the, you know the 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 word for the summer for me in general, I've said it, I think I've said it a couple of times in the last episode is decolonization, and that even that includes what we've been told, education. I mean, all of us are are learning things. We're kind of like, damn, that's actually what happened. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I think that's why I say you have to you have to give white people a high five. They really, they really took their job seriously. It, <laughs> it's pretty. Sure. It really is astounding. Um, mm -hmm. and I have to say that the one thing about social media right now that I'm finding to be very interesting in the terms of in form of mm -hmm. communication is that if you're in the right, I guess, algorithm. People are really shooting out information, which is forcing yeah. you to do. Obviously, you can't take you can't take it all. That's not an encyclopedia, but it mm -hmm. certainly is making me being like, I need to buy that. I need to research this. I want to dig mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. And now, luckily, because of accessibility to information, if you dig, it's actually not that deeply underneath any kind of like dirt. You're like, oh shit, yeah. this is here the whole time. It just mm -hmm. was never brought to the forefront, which is almost more insidious than burying it deep. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, wasn't like this shit true. was buried like deep into like the magma of like mm -hmm. the center of the earth. It was, mm -hmm. it was just right there beneath the surface, and yet everyone's like, "Oh, no, pay no attention." You know what is? Che was it Shake? Not was it Shake? Look over there. No, it wasn't Shake. Oh, that was Jada. 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 Look over there. Like yeah. that is the essence of 2020. All right. Yeah. So this is an interesting <laughs> conversation that I think we can continue to. Thank you, Jada, so much. Look over there. Um, <laughs> fucking legend. Um, yeah, of is. course you won. Of course you did. Um, so. I'm like, Gigi will be fine. She's 21. Like, she's she fine. Her mom, her yeah, mom makes all her you. costumes. Calm down, it's everyone. She's fine. She's going to be fine. Totally fine. She needs to stop fucking with Jeffree Star, though. And I'm like, she, this is where, like, honestly, her youth is working against her because I'm like, babe, you were a little smush when this motherfucker was causing harm. So you need to step the fuck away. But whatever. I'm not going to. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and that's when, for fuck's sake, got shadow banned. Um, <laughs> It was the second episode with Jason. I wish it was because I wish Tuesday. I wish the general public would have the nerve to cancel us because we said something about Jeffree Star. I wish y'all would have the fucking nerve. Well, we would be super famous and making us. a lot of money right now, so I think we wouldn't mind. Um, you can come for me for a lot of things, but you're not going to come for me about what I say about Jeffree Star. I dare you. I dare you. And that is on the table, everyone. Uh, so just, I don't know if you heard that, slam down. All right, moving on to our next ASMR section, in case that wasn't calm enough for you. So let's talk about some things that are sort of hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, so Kanye. <laughs> oh, God. Mercy. Kanye. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. So Kanye tweeted that he was going to run for president. And then very quickly... <laughs> Everyone was like, well, you know, you haven't actually filed any paperwork and it's already too late to even be on the ballot in six states. But he only recently 
had said something to the effect that he was sort of kidding about uh, MAGA, right? Yeah. And so, and I know, listen, I, I'm going to, okay, I want to preface it with this as someone who, who tries to dwell in, again, we're artists, like, what is this character's, what, what's going yes. on with this character? Uh-huh. And I think that it's safe to say, and I'm, I'm not diagnosing this, but to me, there seems to be, just merely as someone who is observing someone as a character, there seems to be a little bit of mental illness there. Yes. I think on a certain level, right? Like the megalomaniac thing is mental illness. It's not an excuse. But um something there's a little there seems to be some I mean that's been that's been yeah, that's been definitely a clear thing for a while. Right. And so I'm I again, I'm not excusing, but I'm like Adios. You know what I mean? Like okay. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why but like for some reason with Kanye, I feel like it's punching a baby in the face because you're just like, oh man, like, come on, like, what happened? But anyway, so you know what I mean? It's just like, what is it? Well, yeah. So the point is, is that he said he was going to run for president, which I think the reason why it's been such an upheaval, at least in my point of view, is that it's the terror of people who don't want to vote for anyone who would think to vote for him if it was actually something that could actually come to fruition. But as we're finding out, it's it's a little late even for the paperwork. But mm-hmm. it it definitely only underlined the point to me that what is our obsession with fame? But uh, before I unpack well, that, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are this: uh, it, I, in general, with Kanye, I, it's always I shouldn't say it's conflicting because I truly have no problems being like I don't really have to fuck with you like, like that. At this point in how I deal with Kanye is that I just don't. I just don't deal with him. I think that, yes, there is obviously mental health going on. I think that there is, in addition to megalomania, in addition to. The thing that's concerning to me is that regardless of paperwork or whatever he does, and regardless of his previous comment about him joking with MAGA, he says whatever he wants on a Wednesday anyway. What we do know is that he has a relationship with Trump. So I don't know what this means, but I'm not going to ignore it like it's nothing, particularly because the last time we dismissed something, we got a president we didn't fucking want. God damn it. I mean, truer words. The last time we were kind of like, this crazy motherfucker. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that means Kanye will win. I'm just saying that like, I think we I think we are long past pushing something to the side because we think it's ridiculous. Like that's that's not safe either. Um, but you know, again, coming back to Kanye, you know, this could also who who knows what Kanye is doing and what his objectives are, what his what his motives are. I don't know. I just think he wakes up and just says he wants to try some shit. Agree. You know, like, because to, because to me because to me. This, when you're focusing on the main figurehead, which is Kanye, mm-hmm. right? In this instance, is Kanye, who for a long, for a while now, has been consistent with being erratic and 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 providing us for what the fuck moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm used to that. I'm still thinking and kind of like, what is Kim saying? Who are the people around Trump? What are they doing? Because yeah, because we Kanye has created a resume for himself. Of mm-hmm. being this this erratic individual, yes. Kim, mm-hmm. care to explain this? Well, and you know what's interesting with that as well is for all the things you want to say about the Disney villain that is Chris Jenner, right? Um, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. she is fucking a evil genius. Oh, I mean, she's, she's, she's phenomenal. Oh my god! So that's why I'm, I also can't help but think. Did you not check in with your mother-in-law? Because I I find it very hard to believe that in all of her inconceivably calculated moves in her life and her family, that she would have been like, you know what, babe, tweet that. But then again, maybe not. And actually, I'm angry that I'm even talking about these fucking people, to be honest with you, because they really don't occupy my thoughts. But 
in a very well, moment in history where this fucking election is literally a matter of life and death on so many different levels to to flippantly just be like i'm gonna fucking distract you for a second is yeah. is reprehensible uh, to me like yeah it, it's just really yeah it's it's so it, i it, it's just i can't i can't i can't take yeah it. it's it, it, it's one of those things where like i don't think that we should it's not, I, I think there's a balance. I don't think we need to put too much stock into it, but I don't think we should ignore it, you know? I mean, we're talking about Kanye, one of the greatest hip hop artists of all time, who was, who was in some way, shape or form lost his marbles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who is friends and has a relationship with the current president, mm-hmm. and who also happens to be married to a woman who is from a family that, and we'll end this on, and we'll end it on this, mm-hmm. who is from a family that has been making money off of black dick since the early 90s. Mm. Well, and I, you know what? To, yes. Yes. <laughs> since OJ, they've been okay. making money off of black dick. Yes, we're on the same page. You have two very famous reality TV people. Mm-hmm. I think that we should all look at it like if any of you kids grew up Catholic, it's like the advent calendar. You better be opening up. <laughs> To see if there's anything inside that, okay? Because yep. there might be something behind that little paper door. Uh, let's move on from these fucking people. Um, let's do one more thing. Let's do one more thing. All right. So this is a transition into, guys, it is election time. Um, and uh, something that's happened is another huge, huge thing that's gone down. This is quoting from CNN, just so you guys don't think I'm just making this shit up. The Supreme Court said on this Monday, this last Monday, uh, that states can punish members of the Electoral College who break a pledge to vote for a state's popular vote winner in presidential elections. Um, so... The reason, just to break this down, what this means is, okay, in 2016, 10 of the 538 presidential electors went rogue. Let that shit sink in. And they attempted to vote for someone other than their pledged candidate, which is how we ended up in this goddamn mess. Now, the Electoral College in general is a fucking sham. Do some research on it move forward it was created at a time for a country that doesn't even fucking exist anymore and actually your boy alexander hamilton was one of the bastions of that shit but um you know know, and we're going to talk about that in a minute too um which is nothing against the musical on any level so it's kind of an interesting step forward because basically what they're saying is you can't do these faithless votes like if basically an electoral voter is saying I'm voting for Biden. That fucking guy or woman can't all of a sudden be like, you know what? I'm actually going to vote for this Republican. Right. Because that's mm-hmm. the fucking thing. There was no accountability there. So now they're, no, granted, it's like a modicum of money, but at least that it's out in the public that it's like, if you pledge this candidate, that is who you vote for. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an interesting step in the direction of. I don't know. I don't even know actually what it is, but it's definitely an interesting step. I'm going to say forward in a, in a way I could be totally wrong, but it does open up the conversation for the general electoral college in general and how it is an antiquated system. But what the one thing that seems to be clear is that you can't just do whatever the fuck you want, which is what we've been dealing with for the last four years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The doing whatever the fuck you want to do is the American way. It's one of our ideals, you know, freedom and right to do whatever. The, I mean, I mean, some with those people who do whatever the fuck they want would say, well, this is America, you know, I think that that the initial principles of the Constitution of what this country was founded on, quote unquote have morphed themselves into this sort of bratty entitlement that is synonymous with who we, with, with being American. Well, it's the whole individualism thing that is being yeah. deeply, deeply, deeply abused, which I think leads us into our next conversation. But before that, everyone, let's. Uh, this has been a very heavy, cake, dense um, conversation starting off Act 1 of this fucking episode. So let's take a little break. All right, so uh, we'll be back in just a second. Hello, everyone. This is Aaron Salazar, your host and producer of this podcast. I hope that you're enjoying it so far. So there's a lot 
happening in the world right now. And amongst this chaos, it's really important that we take moments to make sure that we feel centered. So for the first few episodes of this new experience, I'd like us all to take a moment to breathe and recalibrate. How does that sound? Good. All right. So this is our meditation break. Get comfortable wherever you're at. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. And let it out. Another breath in. And let it out. All right. Now just breathe normally. Perfect. Okay. I hope that helped. And just remember, you are perfect. And you are loved. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right, and we are back. Back and better than ever. Jason's shopping for underwear. I'm thinking about mid-century modern furniture. I can't afford. <laughs> We're just, you know, keeping it light and real here. All right. So let's also talk about something that is the elephant in the room, right? Um, coronavirus, right? Cardi B was the first one really to give us the foghorn of like, this shit is real. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Cardi B, for continuing to... She's getting real. Coronavirus! Oh, my God. Like, who would have thought that she would have been our oracle, right? I did. I oh, did. you did? Okay, good. I'm I glad. called it out. Uh, uh, I, yes, I did. When she was on, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Love and Hip Hop, I said her. Oracle. Her. Yep, I was, it's going to be her. And what, what a gift, really. Um, she is I don't a gift. Know, do any of you follow her Instagram? Because it is pure gold. Okay. It is pure gold. Um, okay. Uh, so let's talk about it. So um, coronavirus, lots of things in science that we're finding out. Uh, don't want to get into that right now because there's some obvious. But something that's very obvious is um, masks and washing your goddamn hands and social distancing, right? And anyone who wasn't under a rock who's living in New York City uh, probably heard about the drama in Fire Island Pines. Basically, now, Fire Island Pines, by the way, because I don't know if... uh, Actually, you know what's so funny? A lot of people don't realize that Fire Island is actually, like, a ton of different little villages and hamlets. But, you know, Mm -hmm. most of the gays in the theater community know Fire Island Pines. So there was a very disappointing gathering of half-naked people, not social distancing, not wearing masks, and kind of kikiing like the world was um, back to normal, which has gotten a lot of flack from the gay community. I don't know any of them. Do you know any gays, Jason? I don't know any. I don't associate with that. I, don't, I know. It's, it's hard. They're hard to find. As RuPaul would say, it compromises my Christianity. Uh, no. So the gays... <laughs> 
not all of us, but uh, we're behaving badly. And now I want to frame this for everyone listening right now that isn't part of the LGBTQIA community, but more so over, let's really focus in on the niche. I want to really talk to everyone that is not a gay man. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think the reason that so much flack is happening, aside from that other Hosev who was like, I have COVID, I like, you know, did my thing for eight days, so I should be fine, which everyone fucking knows it's at least 14 days. And you know what I mean? So there's that. I can't even be bothered with giving that person any more airtime. But the. Yeah, she's like, she's, she's, she's racist. She, we, we, we've seen her before. We've seen yeah, her yeah, exactly. It's just so much like, you know what I mean? It's sort of but like. She's on know, some other I, shit. I think the reason why there's so much disappointment is because. Gay men, and obviously this is not simply a gay topic, but you would think that as a community, we would have some fucking respect for when a plague hits. Mm-hmm. And I think therein lies the disappointment. And ultimately, too, like psychologically, what is the end game? It's something I keep saying a lot about. Like, what is the end game? And how important is it to you? to be involved in activities that there should be no shame for. There's no, listen, there is no shame in wanting to hang out with your friends, to enjoy some social activity, to want to drink, to want to fuck. All that stuff is like, great. Like, what's not to like? But right now, for the sake of everybody, we are being told to put the fucking brakes on. And if we are going to be out and about, according to the way that we're phasing this opening of especially New York City, there's a way we need to go about it responsibly. What is the disconnect that makes people think, and it is not just the gays, but I'm going to focus on us for a second, that that the rules don't fucking apply? I, mm-hmm. What do you think, Jason? Um, I, you know, okay. Um. He, Jason and I are both are literally just taking a sip of water. This is like I have in general, I have a really hard time with a, a specific kind of weakness, right? Oh shit. And when I and when I say that meaning like there, there, there are certain types of weaknesses that I'm kind of like, are you like, why is that, why is it so hard for you to just exhibit some self control? And I'm saying this is someone who has vices, who is 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 a is an extrovert. Some would say an exhibitionist. I love connection as much as possible. I I have a hard time with when I say weakness in in it combined with a history of you wanting to be uh, fighting for rights or, at, or wanting people to advocate for you. For example, I have a hard time specifically with, with, with gays, but specifically black gays who fucking eat a Chick-fil-A. It's weak. It's weak. And I will tell you why it's weak. If you want to sit here and, and, and be talking about uh, gay rights, black civil rights, and you, can, and you can't even walk by a place and not get a fucking chicken sandwich, I can't trust you. Gays, I'm not disappointed. I'm looking at y'all sideways because gays in general are the first people to start fucking yelling about gay rights and homophobia and all this motherfucking bullshit and want everyone to advocate and do right by them. And y'all can't not go to a beach and be a thought for a couple for a weekend in effort to make sure that everyone is safe. Y'all, 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 you have to, you have to go out and fraternize in that specific way because you need, because you need human connection or you, it's not summer if you're not at the beach. Y'all are that motherfucking weak. I'm so tired of people acting like they're, like they're grounded when they, all they are is on restriction. If we're, imagine we're all teenagers right now. Mm -hmm. Our parents didn't tell us that we can't use the phone. They just say we can't use the phone between, after nine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Y'all acting like all of your rights are being taken away. Stop being so fucking weak. Yes. Oh, uh, you know, it's, and it's actually no different than, than a few months earlier with that party in that apartment building with the DJ and all those things like oh that. So it's like, y- y'all had to have, y'all had to have a tea party right now. Like you had, like you had to, like if you didn't, if you didn't go to the beach this weekend, were you going, was it going to seriously affect your mental health? And if it was going to affect your mental health, then you need to reevaluate something. Yes. In my opinion, 
not going to the beach, not solo, but not going to the beach as if it's a regular ass summer is affecting your mental health, then you got bigger issues. You're not gonna make it in life. Yeah, and and you know, there's something to be and listen, and those are the things too that have to, you know, one has to pull out and figure out like what that situation is like listen i'm i'm fucking sober now and that took a long time for me to figure out to be like oh i can't really roll like this and so this is what i have to do to be a fully functioning human being and that shit is a journey like it's definitely not been a perfect situation but i'm i'm saying that with that empathy of anything that would make you want to risk your life to just kiki and have a cocktail there's a bigger thing there that needs to be addressed and i'm not saying that it's necessarily addiction i'm not saying that it's right. like that. And I'm actually not even judging it. What I'm trying to, what I, what I'm thinking about as a fucking director is if I was working with an actor and this was a play, I would have to really get into why is this character choosing in the middle of a life or death situation with a plague that comes out of people's saliva when they talk in close proximity. Why did this character think, you know what? I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go in the crowd and also have an open beverage while I do it. That's like, and I, I, I'm sure that whatever actor or actress would unpack that would probably have a lot of shit to dig into. Right. That's really where we have to go. Now let's cut over to some cisgender heterosexual people. Shall we? Um, It's trending right now on Twitter. The I feel threatened screaming rant that happened at, I think it seems like some kind of place where you buy stuff in bulk. Okay. And then this was the reaction of this grown man because an elderly woman who is more at risk trying to get some essential shit, just asked this man to please put on a mask. And then another person came in to defend her. And this was this person's reaction. Okay, so in general, people are losing their goddamn minds. And the biggest thing I keep thinking about is how the individualism thing that is part of the American experiment, because clearly we're not succeeding, right, is killing us. Why are we, as a queer community, allowing ourselves to be lumped in with that motherfucker? Because when you behave badly like this, we are just as bad as that man yelling at an old woman. Because you know what? We're not yelling at an old woman, but we don't have any fucking consideration for the old people we're going to be around when we're commuting if we behave badly like that and then put their lives at risk. It is, it's unconscionable. It, it's unfucking believable and and I, I'd like to think that as a queer community, we could rise up out of that and like not be part of this fucking problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people look, people are throwing tantrums left and right and 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 truth be told in from from where I, I stand, this is a generalization, but where I stand um particularly in the, in the straight example, uh, men like that have been throwing tantrums for the last eight years. Good morning, regardless class. Of COVID. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so you can read between the lines about what I'm going to say about that. I wish I could, well, actually, I don't have to do um, this thing. I wish I could, uh, the thing that pisses me off the most about the, the gay example is I wish I could generalize and say it was white folks, but I see a lot of us out there. That's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's... I see a lot of us out there. Oh. You know, so so I don't so I don't I don't I don't know, and and this this when it goes at this point in time, I don't really care about what the reasoning is, only because it's again it's not it's not the weakness that's bothering me, it's the weakness knowing that in a couple of weeks, if something doesn't go right in the gay community, those same gays will be requiring the rest of the world to advocate for them and back them up. And if you can't do that for your own community, why the fuck should anyone else do it for you? I will also say too, because I want to make something very, very clear. These motherfuckers aren't being canceled. They're being called out and dragged. There's a difference. There no is one's a difference. coming for their job. 
Yes. No one's saying get them fired. No one's doxing them and saying this is where they live. They're just saying, Queen, get your shit together. We're gathering them, and that is not the same thing as canceling. They deserve to be dragged and called out. And, and we are and we are in the fucking greenhouse of of infections here in New York City. We were hit we were hit the fucking hardest. We were one of the fucking epicenters. And you know, the one thing I said to to the man I'm seeing, and that we've both been like quarantined for each other, is when that first phase went reopened and we were sort of like walking around with our masks on trying to enjoy some quote unquote fresh air, right right? I'm like, take a look at this hospital. They have still not taken down their fucking loading station for bodies into refrigerator trucks. That needs to be a fucking sign to everybody. And I remember seeing the loading dock that goes into the, the essentially what they've made into extended morgue trucks to hold mm-hmm. these, the, the tragedy of all these loss, all this loss of life. And they haven't, they haven't taken down their loading docks. They're just mm-hmm. like, you know, waiting hoping that isn't the case you know the latest report that just happened on sunday i believe it was sunday was that we're actually at our lowest right now which is a gift yeah we just need to keep it that way everyone you know what to do and i'm sure if you're listening to this i i guarantee you you probably are echo chambering this bullshit but okay so let's move on to something that's actually uh wonderful um and i'll Mm -hmm. i'll I'll, hold on i'm gonna i don't know if this is legal but let's find out together okay Okay. Yay, I was about to go in. Yes. So I finally could afford to see Hamilton. (laughs) Oh my God. So I had never, I know, Jason, I didn't see it because I was going to treat myself um, a few Christmases ago and it was still when it was like 1200 bucks for the balcony. And I was like, oh, damn. Because I'll be clear, like, I, I don't mind spending a chunk of change when I had it at the time on on the community like i'm happy to support people but i was like twelve hundred dollars i listen hmm. yeah let me tell you something yourself, sir. i i'm gonna we're, gonna we're gonna be clear about this from here on out and this is for everybody i don't want anybody apologizing for not having seen hamilton ever if you don't want to pay a third year rent for a ticket that's your right Mm. We all know why. There's only one reason why no one has seen Hamilton because that shit's expensive. Yes, as hell. So, and and with that, I think it was really amazing that they made it accessible on Disney Plus. And Disney Plus, they were smart mm-hmm. as shit because I mean, hello, they're Disney. Okay, Hamilton, never seen yeah. it, never seen it. Right. So, I'm, this is not going to be a review about Hamilton, but I will say I was blown the fuck away. I was deeply moved. I was dumbfounded how it was just unending number after number after number that I was like, this one can't be as good as the next one. Oh, this one is better than the next one. Oh, this one can't be better than the next one. Oh, it was as good as the next one. You know the part where I gagged the hardest, though, was in Satisfied, right? Is that the song? Oh, I should also preface it with this. Mm-hmm. I never listened to the soundtrack before I, I saw it because I... I don't understand that no but let me tell you why because i wanted to have the sensation i had watching it on the on the fourth of experiencing it for the first time until until this is until it this this, until it premiered on disney plus i was very adamant about telling people i think i highly suggest being as familiar as possible with it because Seeing it in the theater and giving how expensive it is, it's a busy ass show. It's literally sensory overload. Yes. So if you don't know anything, the amount of things that you're going to miss, you're 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 literally only gonna cap, you're only only going to ingest a hundred dollars worth of your mm. three hundred, four hundred and fifty dollar ticket. So the more you know, the more you can be like, great, and you can pick and choose what you're watching as because listen. Those dancers never. There's always something no. going on. Amazing. But now that it's on, but now that it's on TV, you can rewind. Yes, and that's what. Again. Yes, and that that is something. And I think the way they filmed it was fucking incredible because I actually got the I actually got the chills that I get from a live performance, which is very hard to capture mm-hmm. on camera. And you saw it live, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see it live, Jason? Yeah. yeah. So it blew me away lost my mind and the moment going back into that that i yeah that i was the most gagged was satisfied is that the one 
That's I mean that's, Angelica. That's, that's the number that gagged everyone. Yeah. Oh my Angelica god. Assassin. When it went into that remix, the rewind, mm-hmm. I yeah. was like, this is an entirely different level. Like everything has changed, and the actress who plays Angelica is Renee Lee Stoltzberry. I felt like, what have I been doing with my life? The talent was unbelievable. Tony. Tony. Yeah, of course. Oh, sorry, guys. My phone was set to... Okay. Hey. Hey. 1776. Just so much fucking excellence on stage. Hamilton's brilliant. I- I'm late to the game, and uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of us motherfuckers who never saw it either. Now, there's been a little bit of a pushback now. Uh, that I think has been there from the beginning, but I, I really wasn't tuned into it. Just pushback about, oh, feeling like, oh, it's glossed over in terms of the fact that the founding fathers and their cohorts um, mm-hmm. have less than clean histories. <laughs> you know, it, it's all a hot mess. And mm-hmm. then what was very interesting is that Lynn, the sentiment of what he said was, it's all fair game, that these criticisms are all fair yeah. game. Yeah. And he opened up and acknowledged any criticism for what anyone had to say. But Something that came out that I was very intrigued by, I think it was an article in Vox, is they said, you essentially have to look at this show as fan fiction. I, I, I don't know. I 100% hear it, and I think it's a fair assessment, but I'm kind of going to live in the place right now until further notice that I look at it as like a fan fiction kind of situation that he created there. And that he was inspired by the tenacity of the characters. But also, to be clear, what I was so really impressed with is that they were all portrayed as very flawed people. Even in the glossiness of uh, Lynn's lens to create something that he specifically also made knowing he wanted it to be a BIPOC cast. I guess my, my response to anyone's talking about this I don't understand why why people as individuals or we the community can't live in both of those places at the same time. Like, like I don't understand why it's not possible to love Hamilton. I love Hamilton a lot. Like I think it's the bomb. Like I truly, truly do. But I also don't understand why we also can't have a very robust conversation like we would with any other piece of art about the holes or flaws or imperfections about said piece. You know, it just so happens that the holes and flaws um, about this amazing piece of theater happen to be about a subject matter where there are people who don't feel at this point in time, and I can't disagree with them, that there should be, like, I don't know if I feel like the Founding Fathers and the start of this country should be fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, par- particularly, particularly when there, there's, there's a duality, the optics of seeing people of color um, portray these heroes of our nation is a, is, a, is a beautiful and imaginative and provocative image. But it's also provocative, particularly, maybe it's not provocative for people of color, but for Black people, to see, to see people who would have been owned telling that story mm-hmm. and it not being, and it not really being, and it being, and it being glossed over. I mean, mentioning Sally Hemings is different about is different than talking about fucking Sally Hemings yes. in reference to Thomas Jefferson. I mean, the reality is is that you know people who don't know anything about Sally Hemings be like, "Oh, Sally Hemings," they look it up, and then they're like, "Oh, that was Thomas Jefferson's lover." Well, we're not really sure that that was his lover. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And again, but uh, but on the the next flip side, it's also a two and a half hour musical, damn near three hours. There's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. in there i am not for when you mentioned celebrity earlier just because something is bomb and something is famous does not mean it's a, it's not up for discussion just because everyone loves hamilton i am not for canceling hamilton at mm-hmm. all but mm-hmm. i'm also not for being like just let it be no 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 because what's going to happen is and particularly when the creators themselves are open for the discussion oh yeah, yeah. You know, so to me, I'm kind of like, if everything's fair game, then why not dissect it? And the fact that it's being dissected actually proves how great of a piece of theater it is. Yes. You know, because it, these are these are these are questions that came up even back when it was at the public. You know what I'm saying? And yes. it, I mean, the, 
the reality is, is that there's only so much they there's only so much they could do. I thought about this the other day. I said, what I wonder what would happen if the actual if if the concept or if at one point in time the concept was actually slaves just being like we're going to tell the story. Oh, that's interesting. Of our, of our masters in, in this way. I don't know. You know, who knows? I mean, honestly, my main critique about Hamilton has always been that like, uh, the women don't do anything except talk about men. The, number, the numbers are bomb, but really, the female characters don't really do, don't even really have any purpose except unless it's around the men. That would be my main critique. But again, that's a critique still, that's a note about something that's still awesome. Yes. Thematically, Mm-hmm. And as a choice as a director, I was like, what an interesting, utterly non-commercial way to end a show. You know, like the end, let's not give it away. But I just was like, wow, I'm sure there were some fights about that ending. Because, But you know what? Yeah. Um, I got to say, though, Aaron, and I'm, and I'm not going to give away the ending, but as many times as I've talked to people who have seen it, um, as many times as, as much as I know the show and have seen it, Honestly, that's the first time that that moment popped for me. It's a moment that I don't remember. And it's a moment that I've never, I think a lot of people don't. It's never talked. It's not talked about, not because it's a a spoiler alert. It's it's not a spoiler. The way it was filmed makes that moment pop even more because it's not a moment that did you want. I don't, I never walked away being like that last moment. Interesting. And, and, and and the filming and I, and I, and I rock with Philippa Sue hard. Hmm. That that filming did her performance ten times more justice. I think I, I I think I think that that solidified how good she actually was in the role. Well, you know what's so funny is I've seen her do other things just around town and like sing, you know, out of mm-hmm. out of context and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And, and I never saw her in Hamilton, but when I saw her in this performance, I I finally was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I I see mm-hmm. what's what's happening here, like. What an interesting performance, you know, and like very new, very subtle. Which is to very uh, no, just to be clear, there's really nothing subtle about being in a production contract show. Like it's almost the antithesis of subtleness because you really are playing for the back of a fucking house. So I was and, very, in, a, and in a show that's like one big firework. Oh my god! I mean, the lighting is phenomenal, and the sound mm-hmm. design, just the whole thing, is phenomenal. I mean, we all know that, but. In terms of a, a crafted piece of theater, it is it's right. fucking everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I was so moved by her subtlety, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and also like the interesting mix of like her voice between She's her, singing. yeah, and they're I mean they're all singing. I mean, God mm-hmm. damn it! And then when Angelica starts spitting. Rhymes? I was like, I know, bear in mind, everyone. I never listened to the soundtrack. I thought to myself, what the fuck? It was. I was like jaw <laughs> to the floor. I was like, you cannot sing and act like this, and then stand center stage and throw it out. I, I, I was mm-hmm. dumbfounded. I'd be very curious, actually, to see who whoever's playing it, God willing, when the theaters reopen, to see how the latest cast has been dealing. Um, well, on Broadway, it's Mandy Gonzalez. Oh shit! Wait, Mandy Gonzalez is Angelica. She's been doing it for a while. Yeah, she's been doing it for a while. She's Angelica. For a while. Yeah, she's Interesting. Angelica. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and exactly like exactly what you said. I think that that is exactly what art does. And in terms of this piece of art, mm-hmm. I do think there can be two worlds. I mean, that exactly. That's where I'm at. I'm looking at Hamilton as fan fiction, so I can absorb it as a mm-hmm. craft and right. as a brilliant piece of theater. Okay, here's the real thing. Rarely do you leave a piece of musical theater and have to unpack everything about that show. Sure. Musical theater doesn't generally do that to you, at least on Broadway. Musical theater on Broadway doesn't generally leave you with so many questions and debates. And sure. the fact that Hamilton does that is extraordinary to me. And I'm so happy that Lynn, I'm saying Lynn as if we go to brunch, but I'm so happy that Lynn is completely open to it and i'll actually too i think something that's really beautiful is that the irony of a show that has championed so many artists of color that was mm-hmm. really inaccessible to so many people in the arts and so many people that maybe weren't able to drop the mortgage on a show that now everyone can see it 
Mm-hmm. I'm very thrilled about that. And I actually don't think from a producing point of view, it's going to diminish ticket sales. I think it actually, no. for me, actually, for the first time, I'm like, oh shit, I actually, I want to see that now. So Hamilton, off the hook. Well, uh, can, I, can, I, can I say something though? Yes, you I, can. This, this, this is, a, this is a, a point that I, wanted, that I wanted to make sure that I bring up. Regardless of all this conversation that's happening, it proves the point that I said last week and that I've been saying for the last couple of years in term, in reference to colorblind casting, color-conscious casting in general. The act of having bodies of color on stage, no matter what happens, is always going to be political. Always. Full stop. It will always be discussed. It will always, it will always be questioned. It will always be like, why? And, is it, and because there are black and brown bodies on stage or people of color on stage, that's exactly why it's highlighting the erasure of, 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 of people of color in the story. Lin-Manuel is responding well to it because he has to, and he should. It does not take away from what he's done, and it doesn't really add anything negative to it. But again, when you put people of color on stage, particularly in roles that America in general feels that they shouldn't be in, it's always going to cause a conversation about something, even with even amongst people of color or outwardness. I mean, before before we got to this issue, there were white folks who were just mad that there were people of color playing the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect example of no, no matter how good it is, we can't unsee. We are not trained as audiences to just release the color from our bodies and be whoever we want to be. You can't see it, but I'm literally like waving at like I'm like <laughs> fanning Jason. Ugh. Uh, and it's hard out here for POCs. We can't we can't do anything without people being up our asses about some shit. Yes. And actually everyone, if you're wondering what, what Jason's referring to, I, I mean sincerely, deeper than than me just uh, like telling you to listen to this damn show. Listen to what he fucking unpacked about that in the first episode. I don't want to gloss over the fact that in a previous episode, Jason had talked about one of the most revered new musicals to happen in this last season, A Strange Loop, the journey that he went on with that for seven years? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Which, which actually goes back to what we talked about in remember the last episode where we said it's always nearly 10 years page to stage. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and mm-hmm. if and if and if you're trying to fucking shoot for Broadway, that's generally the case. It takes a long, long time. But he, mm-hmm. you had wanted to unpack something about that. That actually, everyone, now that I think about it, because we're, we're these these episodes are going long, we we're trying to keep them short. <laughs> we're gonna unpack that in the next one. So all you theater fans out there who are like, talk about theater, don't you worry, kids. We will promise. We will talk about more theater. But that's the point of the conversation is we're going to talk about some real shit. The theater community and the world at large has suffered a terrible tragedy in the last week. One of Broadway's brightest lights, the incredibly talented and gifted Nick Cordero, lost his battle with COVID-19. This loss has hit the community especially hard as we feel connected to Nick, whether we knew him either as someone who looked at him from the footlights or personally, or just professionally. Many of you may know Nick from his Tony-nominated performance in Bullets Over Broadway, also most recently appearing in A Bronx Tale and Waitress. He is survived by his wife Amanda and his one-year-old son Elvis. To honor Nick's memory and legacy of being such a beloved artist and human in this community. We want to honor his life and his legacy on this episode with a moment of silence.
Thank you so much, Nick, for all the joy you gave all of us with your life. I think it's also important to note that um, Amanda, uh, uh, his wife, is urging everyone to stay vigilant with wearing their masks, uh, social distancing, all that good stuff, because it's a clear indication of the fact that we're not done with this. Also, if you want to, there's a GoFundMe uh, to help Amanda and Elvis moving forward. You can find on Instagram, Twitter, it's all over the internet right now. But aside from that, if you can't spend any money, um, please, 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 just to even honor Nick, wear a mask, use gloves, mm. use some sense, think about everyone else, please. Yes, wash your hands and be safe. And this is all coming from love because ultimately at the end of the day, it's all about love. I, I know that sounds corny, but it really is. It's like what we're always chasing and attaining. Uh, we got to keep that love in a circle, everybody, because if we actually lead with some love, there's a possibility you might be a little less selfish than you were yesterday. Uh, so on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of for fuck's sake a theater podcast aka 4fs podcast you can see us on all social media follow us on twitter on instagram facebook youtube spotify google stitcher hit us up please slide into our instagram dms and we're open to answering any questions or taking any suggestions at 4fs underscore podcast or do it on facebook we hope that you uh, like and subscribe and follow us i'm really excited about continuing this journey with all of you jason vc the gift the legend the thought that never ever quits just living he has the best smile in the world by the way we're gonna open up a patreon and i'm gonna have to charge all of you to see this man's face as it should be because i get the best view on campus as it were Meanwhile, right. I'm recording this in my in my closet. And um, anyway, so who cares about that? Everyone, thank you so much. Anyone who's been listening, you've actually been downloading this. I've been checking analytics. I'm so thrilled. Uh, and Jason, uh, is. I'm just, just tune in. We've got two more episodes of Jason. Don't miss this. And in the meantime, everyone, be safe, be actionable, and most importantly, be authentic. Much love.